I have good news and different news. Proceed. <laughs> the good news is that we figured out how to lock the door. Yay! <laughs> yep, yep. We didn't put a giant cart in front of the doorway this time. Oh, good, good. The different news is that, as it turns out, Lahaina's really hot in the summer. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so I've decided my plan is to lose my entire body weight and then regain it in water weight every day this summer. And by plan, I mean it is my destiny. We have no choice. Whoops. Lahaina is real warm. Okay. It's so hot. Hey, I'm Heidi, and I like the color purple. And I'm Rory, and I am a human. We're pretty obsessed with books and movies and music, and every episode we talk about ones that we enjoy. Be warned, there are spoilers ahead. Hey, also good news. We have a title of this podcast now. It's called Spoilers Ahead. Hey, guys, we did a thing. We managed to not use any of the suggestions our lovely friends gave us because we are those kinds of people. We're mean. Yeah, yeah, okay. See, it wouldn't have been mean if we just didn't ask and they had suggested, but the fact that we asked and then they came up with suggestions and then we ignored all of them? An excellent point. (laughs) On the upside, they did all like them. Yeah. They liked the one we went with. And also... There was a moment where I wanted to avoid it because there's another podcast called Full Spoilers Ahead, but instead I'm going to give them a free plug. Go listen to Full Spoilers Ahead, which is slightly different. They only talk about books. Yay! Yay. And also there's this an explicit podcast, whereas ours is only explicit if we are quoting directly from the text. Because we are here to do the arts. <laughs> and also... Justice. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I don't want... Yeah, have no. to shrink the audience by making it not child-friendly enough? Yeah. Hi, Tessa. What did you bring to Podcast Club, which is now called Spoilers Ahead? Well, to Podcast Club that I am calling Podcast Club and not Spoilers Ahead, because I'm mean, is uh, Turtles All the Way Down by, by John Green. <laughs> <laughs> I know this book, I swear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh. Shall I read the front thingy, thingy, majink thing? Yeah, yeah, read the front thingy jig. Okay, cool. I'm assuming this will be on the back when the paperback comes out, but right now it's still in hardcover. Yes. And it came out in October, which means it passed our six month before we'll talk about it line. Hey. Which means, uh, go us. Consistency. Being accountable for ourselves, except for music, because how on earth do you spoil an album of y- music? You can't. You really can't. Just. Yeah. What does the front flap say? Well, before we get into this book, I think we should agree that on this podcast, we're calling her Aza. Aza. Got it. Yes. Uh, It's spelled A-Z-A. And, uh, you know, we're just going to go with one way just to make it not confusing. Because there's Aza. There's there's many. There's Or just those two. I don't know if there's any other ones. Aza. (laughs) (laughs) Additionally... (laughs) Huzzah! 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 <laughs> Additionally, John Green is, is so bad at other languages that he, if he wanted us to pronounce his character's name consistently, he could have named her Ashley. Yeah. Instead of Huzzah! <laughs> so, Aza. Got it. Yeah, calling okay. her Aza. 16-year-old Aza never intended to pursue the mystery of fugitive billionaire, billionaire Russell Pickett. But there's a $100,000 reward at stake, and her best and most fearless friend, Daisy, is eager to investigate. 
So together they navigate the short distance and broad divides that separate them from Russell Pickett's son, Davis. Aza is trying. (laughs) She's trying to be a good daughter, a good friend, a good student, and maybe even a good detective, while also living with her ever-tightening spiral of her own thoughts. First of all, I like how the description of Daisy sounds like it was written by Daisy. (laughs) I also like how the description of Aza sounds like it was written by Aza. Aza is trying. trying. And I cannot begin to guess i think you would have a better guess at this than i would Hmm. of how many texts i have sent (laughs) that go along the lines of i'm trying i'm trying real hard i try and also me responding i know you're trying it's okay (laughs) and then uh several hours later in the morning when you start to have your existential (laughs) crises because thankfully we're on opposite clocks oh cool 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 (laughs) i get the i'm trying but i don't know what's going on and i say yeah, I know. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. My first quote, because I also very much love this book, is just the opening paragraph, because I think it's the best <laughs> opening paragraph. Oh, yay. It's one of my favorites um, of any book I ever read. Yeah. Including all of the books that were assigned to me in my Master's of English program. So this is the best opening paragraph. And I, are you okay with me reading it in its entirety? Of course. I'm... I'm would love to. <laughs> at the time, I first realized I might be fictional. My weekdays were spent at a publicly funded institution on the north side of Indianapolis called White River High School, where I was required to eat lunch at a particular time, between 12.37 p.m. and 1.14 p.m., by forces so much larger than myself that I could not be- even begin to identify them. If those forces had given me a different lunch period, or if the table mates who helped author my fate had chosen a different topic of conversation that September day, I would have met a different end, or at least a different middle. But mm-hmm. I was beginning to learn that your life is a story told about you, not one that you tell. Uh, I love that line. <laughs> your life is a story told about you, not the one that you tell. Even before you get into this book is about OCD and anxiety and a little teaser of depression, like Mm -hmm. just thrown in for fun. Depression. (laughs) Because it's very hard to find someone with both anxiety and OCD who does not also have depression. Yeah. It also, there's like the strong, anytime I'm like, well, do I make my own decisions? And I've finally kind of come to the conclusion that yes, but I never know what they mean. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, in the sense of there are some things that I've done that sounded really important, and they were not. And then mm-hmm. deciding that I was going to do TTM as a oldest student, mm-hmm. like, that I would be the oldest in the camp and that I didn't care, as it turns out, is one of the most impactful decisions I've ever made, just because right. of how many things followed from the decision yeah. to do Camp Rock. Like, doing oh. Camp Rock is one of the most important decisions <laughs> of my life, <laughs> because of all of the things that came after it. But doing it was very much (laughs) like a, yeah, I guess I don't want to be bored this summer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was a a non-decision decision, decision, um, which this book very much gets into non-decision decisions as reshaping everything. Yeah. Combined with the OCD that uh, I I happen to share with Aza as well, because I definitely have that. Yeah. Depression, the (laughs) miniseries. While you're finding your quote. Uh, on page 11, there's a quote that I feel like describes uh, both you and I to a T, perhaps slightly m- more depending on the day, one or the other. Your brain seems like a very intense place. Oh, <laughs> <Aww. laughs> that's, that's her mom. <laughs> <laughs> Your brain seems like a very intense place. 
That's a, uh, that's a deep hole you're down there, hun. Oh. Her mom tries. Her mom tries, and that's, ugh. I love that John Green has said in interviews, too, that this book, for a YA novel, has a lot more parents in it. Mm-hmm. Because he is a parent now, and he yeah. doesn't feel comfortable with disposing of the parents the way that his early novels do, yeah. or that a lot of YA novels do, where it's just like, they're either orphans, or the parents are, they're latchkey kids, yeah. um, or the parents are really, truly terrible, and yeah. so you assume that they're going to have very little impact on the story. Yeah. And the stories that I've written since reading Turtles All the Way Down that involve teenagers have also like been more cognizant of the parents mm-hmm. than the stories that, mm-hmm. that I wrote beforehand, even though I think some of the stories beforehand handle the parents better than others. I right. put parents in now because I'm like, oh, yeah, hey. parents. Oh, yeah, those exist. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Here's a quote that I like. Uh, yeah, okay. I read my history textbook for a while, but my consciousness felt like a camera with a dirty lens. Mm. <laughs> this section, this segment is just us talking about how readable this is. And this book is one of the most eminently readable books. Yeah, I've I read it in one night. As did I. Well, uh, New Year's Eve. Yeah. I read it New Year's Eve. So, um, you know, if you know me, that's how I spent the, you know, when, when the clock ticked 12 i was reading turtles all the way down so yeah did i have food poisoning was that why it took me a couple extra mm, days yeah maybe because yeah, i, I started so. the book and then i was like mm. yeah and then i immediately yeah. finished it the next time i had any time off at all yeah um cool, cool yeah no this book is super readable and all of john green's stuff is is very readable yeah um as an adult, I am I am unashamedly like, no, this is a great book, and this is on my bookshelf. And I was I supposed to book. find quotes from this book to bring to Podcast Club. And instead, <laughs> I ended up beginning to reread this book. And you know how rarely I put down a book? Yeah. I am putting down the book that we are talking about next week Yeah. to finish this book this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a good book. It's a cool book. Mm-hmm. It is also the first and only, maybe, that I have, in fact, recommended to you instead of the other way around. Like, you were gonna read it, but I was like, mm, read it. Mm. Oh, yeah, you usually recommend nonfiction books to me mm-hmm. because I have more experience with fiction. Yeah. <laughs> um, Not here to step on your territory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, although every book you've ever recommended, I'm like, yes, this is so good. And every movie that I've actually watched, you, I've been like, yes, this is also so good. <laughs> every three of them. <laughs> I'm. You just need to sit me down. <laughs> that's the key. Like, be in the same room and I will watch it. Yeah, that's fair. Let me take it home for six months and, and I will, will look not. at it. <laughs> You'll be like, hmm, pretty. <laughs> <laughs> bad at watching <laughs> movies by myself oh yeah that's okay we also have a friend that is bad at watching movies by herself because oh yeah for different reasons but yeah yep and now we're taking a film class turtles all the way down <laughs> the turtles all the way down has has led to a very sweet joke which is that it's turtles all the way down oh yeah we say that a lot mm-hmm. many and of the time mm-hmm. and the turtle can be anything that you want in the novel it seems to be mostly is myself the sum of my thoughts, or are my thoughts myself? Yeah. Where are my thoughts coming from? What's happening? Huh? What <laughs> is going on? Also, this is a very high recommendation coming from me. 
I don't think I've read a book since Anne of Green Gables that made me feel so much like I was getting to sit in on a friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good friendship. It's a really good friend book. Um, because they also, like, they have their problems, like, obviously. And there's a lot of, like, you know, she she has problems. D- Aza has problems, issues. Daisy also has problems, but Aza has mental issues that she obviously can't help and so you know sometimes daisy just gets overwhelmed with it which i feel like not a lot of people want to step on just because that can be like kind of i guess controversial to like try to uh try to write it as if somebody with a mental illness like they're annoyed at it which definitely happens and i feel like some people just try not to step on that or write about that yeah not everyone's willing to talk about the fact that it's not necessarily fun to be around someone who's sick yeah um and that especially with mental illness writing about it a lot of people kind of dodge writing about either it's really strongly the mental illness is made up and you don't have it and it doesn't exist or it tends to like wash away all the responsibility of the person with the mental illness to like show up for their friends um, yeah, like their fight in the car where Daisy points out that Aza doesn't know anything about her personal yeah. life and that she doesn't pay much attention because she's always caught up in her own world. And while that is f- a fair accusation, yeah. it's one that a lot of people wouldn't be willing to make. Yeah. And that is also super real life because you have to be there for your friends even if you're not feeling it. Yeah. That's part of being a human being is figuring out how to show up or at least show up as much as you can. Yeah, that's something I really liked about that book. And, like, Aza's aware of this, and, like, like, she doesn't, she apologizes for it, basically. And she, she tries, she tries, Aza's trying. (laughs) She's trying so hard. And Daisy is trying so hard. And that is one of my favorite things, is that it is a really good look at a room full of very good people all doing the best they can. There's not really a bad guy in this story. The villain, if there is one, is just sickness. Yeah. And there are not many books about sickness where you feel like the disease is allowed to do its full work in the story. Yeah. And this story really doesn't pull any punches with OCD. Yeah. um, Which I definitely needed when I read it. And I know is a big deal for you as well. Yeah. Yeah. so um, one of the quotes that I really like is her and her mother are talking to each other <laughs> and her mother's asking her, like, is she afraid? Because, you know, that's something that she's been told to, like, ask her regularly. And she's like, yes. Her mother asks, of what? And what the quote is, is it's not like that. The sentence doesn't have, like, an object. I'm just scared. It's so good. Which it's so good. I needed then, and I didn't realize until now that I needed it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I just read that and then got hit with it again. <laughs> this is one of the sentences I need every day. Mm-hmm. I got better without ever quite getting well. Yeah. That is such a mood. A mood and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I don't like this narrative that people get well. Mm-hmm 
all the time. It, it feels very limiting and it also feels a little bit hopeless. Yeah. Because it assumes that there is a timeline. It assumes that there is an object. Yeah. Where the object seems to be sticking to it and figuring yourself out whatever that means. Like whether or not you're th- you are the sum of your thoughts or whatnot. Whether yeah. or not you are the author. Need that quote every day. All the time. Every day. Another thing that I, I very much related to was... Uh, yeah. Okay. So there was a quote that's, uh, I'm just going to read the whole quote because why not? But she's hanging out with someone and she's watching a movie with them. And so uh, she's with this guy, Davis. And so she what she says is, when the movie ended, I told him I was tired because that seemed the adjective most likely to get me to where I needed to be alone and in my bed, hmm. which is something very much need every day, oh. all the all the times. Oh, yes. That was me. Honestly, last night I was like, I'm going to bed. I don't yeah. know if I'm going to sleep, but I am but going, going to, bed. to bed. Alone and in bed. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. that is that is a mood that I feel quite often. Yeah. Well, and yeah, just any version of I need to get out. Yeah. That's a real mood. And it's it's really hard when you need to get out of your own head. Yeah. <laughs> 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 You're just kind of stuck in there. Yeah. You yeah. gave it? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when we're tossing around different ideas, one of them, the thing that made me go like, yes, this is the movie I want to bring, is that this is a story about who is the author. Mm-hmm. And given that it, it is fictional, like you know that John Green is the author and also is Aza the author of her own thoughts within the universe. Right. And then there's the film Stranger Than Fiction, <laughs> where distinctly the main character is not the author of his own narration yes so in that movie uh will ferrell starts hearing a voice emma thompson's he starts hearing (laughs) emma thompson narrate everything he's doing and he kind of just gets over it pretty quickly because he's a pretty boring dude and just accept as part of life until the voice tells him that he is going to die which is something i don't think you'd want to hear from you know emma thompson narrating your your life at all if she, especially if she's gotten everything right so far. Yeah, Emma Thompson <laughs> says anything to me, I'm like, mm, it's mm-hmm. probably true. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to take that as fact. Thank you. Yeah, so the story, the film revolves around a writer who's trying to figure out how to kill her main character, Harold Crick, mm-hmm. and Harold Crick trying to identify if there's anything he can do to stay alive. Yeah. Um, because he knows that this narrator is trying to kill him and they, they don't know each other. And he meets a girl and there's all kinds of stuff that happens because he believes that he might die or is going to die or could be killed yes. by the author and he's kind of trying to figure it out uh, and a professor played by Dustin Hoffman and he does such a fantastic job in this role yes. <laughs> encourages him to figure out how to live as long as he's alive rather yeah. than lock himself up and the difference in the scenes in this movie the way that they shot it everything is so beautifully cinematic to the point that it almost feels like there are different kinds of language being used yeah this is of all the movies i've ever seen i think this is the one that most makes me feel like i just read a book yeah like that there's so much to it the soundtrack is so precise like i realized last time we watched it which was recently that Mm -hmm. there is no fabric until we go to the girl's house there's no fabric as part of set dressing like his couch is very clean lines all that yeah like there's not really anything loose until we get to her house. His stuff huh. is all very blue and gray. Yeah. 
the author's stuff is all white. Dustin Hoffman is all sandstone. There's no real oh, shift. Yeah. And then we go to her, and everything is in is Bluey. multicolor. Bluey. Yeah, so it's so interesting. There's a blue oh. wall. Yes, there's a there's a blue wall. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She has an accent wall in her house. Holla. Yeah, it's just a beautiful, beautiful movie, and the fact that the plot is good, mm-hmm. and that it's a lot of <laughs> <laughs> it's two things combined: a pretty movie and a good, good, good plot, good yeah. movie, and all good the boy. actors are really good at comic timing, which is very similar to being good at tragic timing. Yeah, um, it's one of the few movies that I really like Will Ferrell in because I don't yeah. really like his I'll comedy s- style. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I can't get over it. Like every time I watch that movie. And you know I love a good Messiah story. Like any oh, version yeah. of a Messiah story. Oh, I'm like, yeah. I'm here for this. Yeah. And, and Stranger Than Fiction is is one of the most cleanly, neatly done ones that doesn't feel like the writers cheated. Yeah. The story is there from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and how that arc concludes is just, what? What? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How did you do that? <laughs> it was so good. And it's nice. Like, uh, it's not a movie that's good that yeah. makes me cry at the end. And a lot of, quote, good movies are movies that try to make you cry a lot. But it just makes you smile and happy. Mm-hmm. It makes you cry before the end. <laughs> <laughs> it tries to make you cry. Excellent. I don't know if it'll necessarily make you cry, but it, it attempts it. Yeah. It's a movie that is for some people feels too artsy and for other people feels too dull and I think that tells me that the movie is hitting on something super true. Yeah. yeah. That it is both incredibly artistic and also super straightforward. It's not a complicated story. A man does not want to die but the author yeah. has determined that he is going to die and it's a question of whether or not it's going to be meaningful. Yeah, because the author like it was previously established that he she basically kills all her characters. <laughs> like all her main characters. In every book that she writes, she kills them off. And so when uh, when the Will Ferrell character, Harold Crick, hears that, uh, that there's an author like writing his story and stuff. And I can't remember exactly what, but... He tries to stop her at first yeah. from finishing the story. It's um. the Dustin Hoffman character recognizes her name. Is like, uh, she kills like all of her characters. Mm-hmm. So, and then I think later on, that's when it's said that like, oh, she's trying to figure out how he's gonna die. Yeah, the plot comes together really cleanly, and it really works on a lot of levels. And as someone who loves reading and loves fiction, it's a and writes. It's a really great also. Ex- exploration of the writer's process as a writer it's interesting to see an author who's very strongly pointing out that like oh i can't just kill a character however and then when she realizes he's real that he exists it very much changes the game of whether or not she can kill him at all yeah and that is fascinating especially taken with turtles all the way down where aza does something that she's not trying necessarily to attempt suicide but she does something super risky and I think that's one of the biggest things, like, looking at them together is to look at it as, like, you are enough of the author of your own story yeah. that you do not have the option to write you out because yeah. you are real and also the author and also the character. That is bizarre. 
looking at them together. (laughs) (laughs) Intense. Yeah. What if I wasn't ready to feel things? (laughs) (laughs) Just sitting here. Oh, okay. Well, that's a field trip. Pack your bags, kids. We're going on a field trip. Wee! It's it's all very interesting. It's fun to look at things together, as in movies and books. Not the same, obviously. Like, but just together and compare them and what they say. Especially when there's only like six questions that people ask. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they are. I just feel like there's not yeah. very many that like we ask as human beings. Mm-hmm. And I feel like both of these stories are kind of trying to answer the same sorts of questions. Yeah. Because while the main character of Stranger Than Fiction is not mentally ill, there are a lot of questions about agency. Like, how much am I responsible for both my thoughts and actions in both of them? And kind of seeing, in both worlds, people doing the best they can. Oh. I just like people doing the best they can stories. Ace is trying. (laughs) She's trying. Azaw is trying. Harold Crick is trying. (laughs) Maggie Gyllenhaal's character is also trying. <laughs> They're all trying. Queen Latifah is coming through. I would like to make <laughs> she that She isn't clear. trying. She is owning. <laughs> she is succeeding. Yeah. No. Queen Latifah does not try. Excuse you. <laughs> but uh, she, she does. does. <laughs> try or try. <laughs> Why are we here? You said I needed visual stimuli. I meant a museum. I don't need a goddamn museum. I need the infirm. Oh. <laughs> uh, yep, 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 yep. And then there's the other thing I'm bringing this week to Podcast Club. Good transition. I don't have a transition (laughs) because I don't have anything else to say about Stranger Than Fiction, except for it's great and you should watch it. Yeah. Uh, Music-wise, we got Mm -hmm. to the music part because I'm looking at the time and yeah, it's time for music. Music. It's a musical. It's about sads. (laughs) (laughs) when it came out last year i heard a lot of really negative reviews about paramore's after laughter mostly from like rock outputs basically people (laughs) saying something along the lines of paramore's not paramore anymore they're changing which one has been said about every paramore album since riot Uh. and also is true about every band ever i've only heard one band that sounded super consistent album to album, and I own one album because I don't need the other ones because I don't want the other ones. Hey. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> hey. Maybe there's a connection. Maybe <laughs> Can growth you find is good. a connection? Yeah. No, mm. Classic Crime straight up tweeted at someone at some point um, that they have never left their roots. It's that they are a growing tree and that their roots are always connected to them, but to go back to their roots would be to cut down the entire... Uh, plant up to this point and i was yes. like come through yes <laughs> make it a song <laughs> uh, and paramore basically took that and made it an album so instead of yep, doing yep, 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 yep. emo music for emo children they did a what amounts to like bubblegum rock <laughs> a great a g- great genre genre yeah. <laughs> genre dies at the end <laughs> genre genre dies at the end of this album for sure <laughs> but, uh after Laughter is very much distinctly about living with mental illness as well. Yeah. And living with depression and sadness and kind of the balance between functioning. And that's a fun thing. 
a lot of there aren't very many functionally mentally ill stories being told and after yeah. laughter is actually kind of that which is great i that love it to so happen much. more because do it more yeah we need we need more functioning broken <laughs> people thank you very much <laughs> where are all the functioning broken people i don't know i mean so many people wear glasses those are the functionally blind <laughs> <laughs> I'm in fact one of those people if you do not know me. I'm uh, functionally blind. I used to be and then I got <laughs> shot with lasers. <laughs> functionally ish blind. Well, you do in fact not break things yet all mm. of the time. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to this morning when I dropped my phone spontaneously in front of the entire camp and then picked it up and made eye contact with the director. <laughs> like, mm mm-hmm, I did that. They trust me with sound equipment. After laughter. I like it so much. (laughs) It's so good. I like it way more than I thought I would. And when I finally listened to it recently, actually, because I got a recommendation that it was super impactful on someone else, Mm -hmm. I wasn't expecting it to kind of cut to the quick. Oh, look. (laughs) I've been impaled. (laughs) Yeah. I wasn't expecting to kind of be eviscerated yeah i wasn't expecting for my guts to be on the floor excuse me how did you get there here's my liver clean it Mm -hmm. can you put it back please this is the skin and this is the spinal column open the rib cage (laughs) and see all the organs (laughs) hey yeah it's so poppy and that's what makes it work is that it's not this yeah. heavy music. If yeah. you haven't heard it yet, it's very similar <laughs> tonally to Cake by the Ocean. Yeah. It's the same sort of guitar style, the same sort of drum style, the same sort of bass. Honestly, you could probably play Cake by the Ocean by DNCE immediately before like Rose Colored Boy or Fake Happy and it would sound like yeah, they were flowing and it was great. When I played a song this morning for the for the kiddos, and they did not <laughs> quite put together uh, uh, what what they were singing about. And I think except that's for you know a small group of people that I didn't know had listened to that album, but were very much singing it along with us. Well, so that's I cool. I think Hard Times is the single. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, based on when I downloaded the entire album off iTunes, Hard Times had a long bar, and the other ones had a little bar. Yeah. I think Rose Colored Boy is the other single. Yeah. I don't know that. I, th- I think so. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yep. I've seen that. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the entire <laughs> album is great. And just as a big F you to anyone that thinks Paramore isn't Paramore anymore, they did the song 26, uh. which not only makes me go dead silent in a car when it comes on, and I just kind of either listen to it or sing along, but there is no conversation over the song 26. No. It also sounds very, 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 very much like Taking Back Sunday's New American Classic, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite slow songs. And a song I very much want to cover in the future because I don't love Taking Back Sunday's voices. Mm-hmm. It's just very pretty. But so twenty six has been your your new. Uh, I am creating rules for music in this car, and nobody talks over twenty six. It's just the rules. Mm-hmm. If you weren't mm-hmm. here last week, <laughs> great. You've 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 uh, done your dream. You've done it. Welcome Go to you. the rules. <laughs> Welcome to the rules. I'm. A follower. I am a follower. I'm a follower. I am a follower. <laughs> I cannot spit water on the microphone. <laughs> you can't surprise me with come from away parodies. <laughs> you surprised me first. That's fair. Do you have a favorite song off of After Laughter? 
other than um, um. let's just say that the slow songs don't count because slow songs at least yeah. for me on rock albums always feel super special yeah not like they can't be my favorite favorite it's just that they don't feel like they're really yeah. they're they're the breath between the story yeah a lot of the time and i'm like yeah no because i can't choose between 26 and any of the other songs see for me i think it would be um it's a line from one song and then a whole other song Mm -hmm. so a line from caught in the middle Mm -hmm. i don't need no help i can sabotage me by myself (laughs) yes made me uh go completely silent in the car when i first listened to it Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. so that was a fun and then i think favorite song was fake happy Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for <laughs> There's sure. no way that it can't be my favorite song. <laughs> yeah. No, Fake Happy, I'm Torn. I am torn apart. This uh, album has torn me into two. I think Fake Happy is my favorite song. Yeah. Um, <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Although the chorus of Grudges really mm-hmm. also gets mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. The... Um, Stop asking why we had to waste so much time. Can't we pick up and start again? Yeah. Like we did when we were kids. There's just something really precious about that. Yeah. Because this album really does go from a place of, I can't imagine things getting better, Mm -hmm. to a place of, I might as well try. And it kind of loops that question over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Which I can identify with strongly. (laughs) For all we know, the best is over and the worst is yet to come. Oh, somebody finally said it. Somebody finally. <laughs> what we're all thinking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I wish we were all rose-colored. Oh. I have taken my glasses off. <laughs> Which is maybe one of my favorite lines just because of a thing that Heidi used to do when she had glasses. Which was, um, if the children at camp were acting up, including, you know, us, as in my group of friends... If something was wrong, to convey her serious, serious anger, she would take off the glasses, fold them, and then put them on the table and wait for the terrified faces of just this one group of, like, six people who know what this means and just, like, crawl under a table (laughs) because they know what's coming next. And those six are very much the leaders of the camp, so I only need to tip off... Some of the people, because tipping off a room full of 50 people is very difficult. Yeah. And if the problem is that they're talking, you can't really say, stop talking, loud enough or often enough for them to all stop unless some yeah. of them are aware that they should stop now. I don't know if you noticed, but during the end of the day, I reached for my glasses. I did not notice. You know, I was a little busy. <laughs> uh, no, you were. No, no, no. During the yeah. end of the day when we were finishing Fine Life. I reached for my glasses, and I I realized I didn't have them. (laughs) Oh, I have to figure out a new way to show anger. (laughs) Where'd they go? Like, I turned it into a touching the side of my face because I realized what I was doing. But I literally went to, like, "Mm, glasses need to come off, and they can't. Where are my glasses? (laughs) (laughs) Me hands you my glasses (laughs) so that you can take them off. (laughs) No, do that. Snap for me. (laughs) Snap, and I will hand you my glasses (laughs) so that you can take them off. Rory, that feels excessive. Extra. Two X's. (laughs) One for how extra we are. And one for the X. Uh, Other lines from After Laughter. They're all so good. They're all great. Pool is great. Yeah. The one about drowning. Yeah. 
which is my new panic attack mood song. Yeah. Uh, as far as uh, it also has a lot of great wordplay. Like mm-hmm. I didn't realize that the out to sea line was S E E because oh. of the way there's a line break. Oh. Yeah, it's really oh, wow. really good. They're good. Yeah. Wow, they're good. Mm-hmm. You got wow. It's almost like Paramore is committed to this. It's almost new like Paramore is just really good. It's <laughs> like they deserve their successes. <laughs> wow. Have we discussed before how much I hate? I know we haven't on this podcast this episode too, but in just in general, how much I hate the phrase "it's overrated." Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just so stupid. It's stupid. Wait, are you saying that you would like it if fewer people agreed with you? Yeah, but because a lot of people also enjoy it, you don't. Why is that a thing? Why is that allowed? I understand that there are some artists that you know you don't like. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of musicians I don't like, but there's, there's many only of them. two or three that I think are overrated. Yeah, and they're all artists who, spoiler alert, don't write their own music. Yeah, that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> and it's too early to get into controversies, so we should talk about Paramore some more. Yep, Paramore has toured with all of my favorite bands. That's a thing that should be mentioned. Oh. You go, Paramore. You go, Paramore. I'm so happy that they exist. (laughs) Me too. Go them. I'm so happy there's an earworm album that doesn't make me feel positive. Yeah. Because a lot of the time I don't need to feel fake happy. (laughs) Because I'm already feeling fake happy. The song Fake Happy um, (laughs) makes me just so happy because that's what a lot of the songs, like, the little do-do-do-do-do-do. It sounds like kind of like it was in Mario. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it obviously was, in fact, not. It's not a sample, no. no. It could have been a sample. <laughs> could have. But it's not. But it sounds so, like, it sounds the definition of fake happy. Like, how it's it's so, like, na 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 Like, it's just hair bouncing back and forth. Like, OMG. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Smiling through my teeth. Idol worship is also great. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. And as someone who is a mentor, I cannot explain how deeply that song got me. Idol worship is very much about how there is no one you are looking up to who is also not struggling. Yeah. And to please not put people on pedestals because we all fall down, but it's a lot more painful to fall off a pedestal you didn't even ask to be on. Yeah. And that is a thing that I'm like, I don't want to be on a pedestal ever no 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 and i don't feel like the people who i mentor really do that no um (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) but i i sometimes will feel like a a person who doesn't know me super well doing that and i'm like "Mm, Mm, i'm gonna stop you right there can i be your can i knock you off a pedestal every no i'm just kidding (laughs) but every time a small child just tries to i'll just take you pick you up take you off the fact that you could probably physically <laughs> easily pick me up and move me mm-hmm. like many, many feet. Yeah. I'm going to say only if I start reacting in a way that concerns you. Okay, cool. So if a child presents me a pedestal, don't. Right. If I get Step on the onto pedestal. Step it. <laughs> I will uh, take it out from under you. Dismount your high horse now. Get off. <laughs> <laughs> Heidi Turner, get off. (laughs) What if I want to feel special? Yes, you're very special. Get off your high horse. (laughs) (laughs) She's mean to everyone. You're not special. (laughs) Well, 
<laughs> An excellent point. <laughs> All the kids should know. Yeah, they're they're learning. <laughs> Good, they're le- they're trying. <laughs> the kids are trying. Ugh, I like that we have something else to talk about besides things at the moment, which is Oliver, which we didn't say last week. We're doing Oliver. Oh, I thought we were seeing how far we could get without mentioning the show that we were doing. Oh, I want to get <laughs> I want to get as far as we can without explaining like the inter inner dynamics of it, like who's playing who. Oh right. Okay. But I feel like a little bit of context is necessary and that yeah, all of these okay. jokes we are making is about a capital D dark show. It dark. <laughs> dark. Somehow this cast has managed to make it so dark that the adult staff is like <laughs> we have to dial this back just a tiny bit. Dialing it back just a little bit. Hold on to hope if you got it. It's very that kind uh, of show. Yep. <laughs> um, and we are setting it in the future. So, again, picture a capital D dark show that is, if you don't know the plot, essentially Annie, the redheaded one. Annie mm-hmm. meets The Walking Dead. Yep. It's great. It's a good time. But, uh, but yeah, anything that we missed about the three, or now that we've added After Laughter to the pile of Turtles All the Way Down and also Stranger Than Fiction, one thought, Aza would very much dig After Laughter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and Daisy would be the one to introduce her. For sure. Oh, yeah. Like, that's a thing. Definitely. I that's, that's happened. Definitely. I also think Queen Latifah's character would <laughs> <laughs> angry listen to After Laughter. <laughs> like, thinking about her boss, yeah. the writer. Yeah. Just... Because she's a writer's uh. assistant, so she would be sitting there just angry listening to it as though <laughs> Emma Thompson's character had written to it. I don't need a nicotine patch, Penny. I smoke cigarettes. Uh. I'm so fake happy. Hard times. <laughs> Watching children die to that music. Ugh. Oh, it's great. I have a great job. <laughs> what a great life. It's a fine life. Oh, what a life. <laughs> Can we talk about that one eventually? Yeah, at some point we will. So, Heidi, what's your wreck of the week? Oh boy. Are we using radio voices now? Were we not before? We were not. Oh, cool. You have been using your normal voice, but slightly projected because we are both theater actors. <laughs> My wreck of the week is obscure, and we're going to go for it. Cool. cool. And cool. it's the essayist and nonfiction, short fiction, mostly nonfiction, and poetry uh, writer Catherine Ross, who I did grad school with, and whose writing is mostly published online, although she does have some stuff in print. And you can see all of it at her website, Speak the Right Language. Right, spelled W-R-I-T-E, mm. Speak the Right Language. She is a woman of color, and her work on anything that deals with racial relations, anything that deals with what it actually is like to be African-American, introverted, and someone who writes pretty openly about having mental illness. Mm-hmm. It's just so good. I <laughs> was one of the people who wrote notes on her thesis, which I, I feel like I should be honest about. And 99% of my notes were just expletives. <laughs> <laughs> As in, this is so good. <laughs> and I had like two notes that it was like, oh, this paragraph needs some work. And then resuming just being, <laughs> I have nothing I can add to this. This is really good. Monotone um, screaming. Mm-hmm. It's good all the way down. (laughs) (laughs) It's screeching all the way down. Uh, And we both grew up in Hawaii, uh, Rory and I. So we 
both mm-hmm. have a very different relationship to our ethnicity, I think, than we would if we had grown up somewhere else. And so it was really important for me, at least, to to read that. And also her work not on race, but on mental illness and her work on just regular relationships is very tender. I don't know mm-hmm. very many people who can write about things that are uncomfortable in a way that makes you feel like they are not trying to hurt you either. Yeah. Um, it almost feels the way that it feels when someone is like putting lotion on a sunburn. Yeah. Is like okay. something like that. Yeah, okay. Or like my arm hurts, can you rub out the muscle in it? Like, yes, it's uncomfortable and there are parts of it that I'm like, wow, this is this is really intense. Yeah. But even if I wasn't friends with Catherine, I think that her work reads as though you are reading the very difficult conversation that a very close friend is trying to have with you. Right. And that is really good. So that is my wreck of the week is the work of Catherine Ross, which you can find at speaktherightlanguage.com. W-R-I-T-E. The other words are spelled normally. Or at (laughs) StorytellerCath on Twitter. That's at Storyteller, (laughs) K-A-T-H. Okay, radio person. Okay, radio. Radio. What is your wreck of the week since I'm on the radio now? Well... So uh, this would have been a wreck of the week last week had we have found it before <laughs> literally editing the podcast, <laughs> just as editing the podcast and listening to music and stuff. And so um, my wreck of the week is the acoustic version of Country Gentleman by Family Force 5. Ooh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> it, it's great. And it, it sounds so good. I like both of the versions, which is a little like I I don't know if there's a song like that where I like except for except for like one other one maybe that oh, I like both of like those versions like very much separately. We are going to have to listen to the classic crimes acoustic stuff because mm-hmm. also, but I respect that decision. Right. It's also one of the few like not dead serious songs that the acoustic version doesn't feel like a waste of time. Yeah. Because most acoustic versions I've heard are like, this is a breakup song that we'd played fast for the record, but it was obviously written on an acoustic guitar. Yeah. Which feels like cheating. Yeah. Yeah. It just sounds, it's good. I like it. Mm -hmm. I would also like to add this, um, if I would have used it as my record of the week, I would have, we both would have seen it as cheating. I know Heidi would have because she told me it was cheating. So I decided against it. But uh, a little while ago, our friend, our mutual acquaintance. (laughs) (laughs) Use the stranger than fiction phrasing. (laughs) Our mutual acquaintance a few months ago made a like movie trailer for her English class, like as a project, obviously, on Turtles All the Way Down. (laughs) Yeah. And we were both involved. Mm -hmm. So that was (laughs) Heidi did costuming. I get to costume all the videos now, and I'm very excited. <laughs> I, I love it because I don't get to costume anything in theater ever. I'm so good at it. Thank you. Uh, if the clothes already fit, I'm no good at sewing. But I am yeah. very good at making clothes fit, and I like it. Oh, the Turtles All yeah. the Way Down video was really fun. And also, Chloe Chin is a great young filmmaker yes. that you should all follow. It is a you book trailer. look at it. Uh, not a film trailer. So yeah. we are not trying to make a Turtles All the Way Down movie. No. <laughs> Or step on that project. It was a Turtles All the Way Down trailer for the book in hopes that also other classmates would read it, yeah. kind of introducing the book. And it was really fun because Rory played Aza. 
and she did an excellent job to the point mm. that I understand there is an audiobook of Turtles All the Way Down. I also understand I'm never going to need it because you <laughs> become the voice of Aza Holmes. <laughs> oh, cool, 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 cool. Great. <laughs> cool, uh, cool, cool. And you can also see me pretending that we have never had any conversations about how our brains work in that trailer because I play the therapist. Yeah. <laughs> so fun. Acting. Hey. So, yes, that is on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Look that up. Chloe Chin. Turtles all the way down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. trailer you'll probably find it if you search that up so d- mm-hmm. do that and i got called out over text so i'm going to mention also that chloe chin was the director videographer and editor for how far i'll go slash slash satisfied which we mentioned last week yes so that's the correction we forgot to mention that chloe did anything <laughs> <laughs> oh great <laughs> but this is a chloe plug chloe is great Chloe's photography is great. And if you like supporting young filmmakers, if you like supporting young writers, young anythings, young (laughs) young peoples, young human beings, we are the future because Uh that is how time Uh passes. (laughs) Because that's what future? (laughs) Because that's how time works. Unfortunately, we cannot go backward. Uh Except in editing. Uh, Hey! (laughs) Okay, so credits? We shall roll credits. <laughs> Our theme song is Downtown Love by Reese from his EP It's Okay to Be Sad. Thank you, Reese, for music. It is good. This podcast is produced and edited by Heidi and we record at Music. And Lori does some free production because she also picked uh, a lot of the stuff this week. So cool, cool. Tune in next week for things that we picked and then didn't do this week. Hey! hey.